Welcome to another episode of the Emulsion Podcast, a show for chefs who want to think better, increase their performance, and believe that it's possible to take lessons from what others have learned. I am your host, Justin Kana, and I'd love to continue the conversation with you from this episode on my online circle community. There you can share your two cents and learn about supporting the show on justinkana.com slash support. For your convenience, it's also linked up in the description of your podcast player. Let's get into the show. What is up, folks? Welcome back to the Emulsion Podcast for another interview show. This is one of the first in-person interviews that we've had on the show in a while. Adam Witt was in town. You probably know him from his YouTube channel, his TikToks, his shorts and Instagram reels, uh, as well as just his really cool deep dives that he does on individual cuisines, individual dishes, individual aspects of cooking. He's also a private chef, which I know that resonates with a couple of you folks that are listening who have either transitioned into being a private chef in the pandemic times, or you've been doing it for ages, and that's been your bread and butter, your your main business. And we certainly get into that in this conversation. We also talk about his background, because in previous conversations that I've had with Adam, especially the ones on the channel, we were talking about knife sharpening. And so I, this is more something that I positioned as a getting to know Adam kind of interview, because he is one of the OG, OG Patreon supporters. Him and I have done coaching in the past, and we really kind of formed a relationship there. And it's just awesome to see his success and his growth on all the different platforms. And so I certainly dig into some of the growth strategies that he's been thinking about, how he positions himself to have that growth and that learning. And then in my typical fashion, I ask where he's going from here because I'm genuinely curious. And so I hope you have some takeaways from this episode. It was really, really nice to have Adam and his girlfriend out here in Seattle. I certainly hope to see him and them again when we are in Chicago to visit them in their home city. If you want to check out Adam online, if you don't follow him already, what are you doing? But all those links are in the show notes, as always, or on justincona.com slash media. I think that's it for the intro. Please enjoy the interview. Dude, you're in Seattle. Yeah, I know. Finally, we talked about this forever, man, and it's finally, finally here. Highlights so far? Oh, yesterday was great, man. Matt took us around. Uh, a cook named Matt, <laughs> Matt Broussard. Shout um, out! Shout out! No, yeah, he took us like all over the place. He went to Dick's. We went to a cool used bookshop. We uh, got the uh, the local tour of the uh, the Pike Place. So it was, was it great. Bumping? Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty solid. We sat down and got some oysters at Sea Town. Yep. Those were really good. They were creamy. I learned a fun fact. Matt told me that uh, the creamier the oyster, the more uh, jizz is. Uh, it's it's basically oyster jizz. It's a big uh, what is it called? Which is delicious, by Aphrodisiac? the way. Aphrodisiac. Yeah, I guess. The, or the yeah, they like to throw that on just something that's kind of nasty. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> it was great. I think it's so interesting, and I wanted to make the kind of meat of this your journey and process so far, because as you and I first met and started having conversations, I quickly came to realize that like the advice that I would give normal folks is what I'll call them, you could kind of take that and run with it a little bit further. So as you're thinking about kind of like getting into food and the unique path that you took from the sense of like, I want to do private chef stuff and I want to make content and I want to just like connect with cool people and learn from them, <laughs> that's not like going to culinary school, right? So it's like, how did you think about that? as you started? Oh, man. Well, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I kind of, you know, I guess kind of what sparked it was, um, it, I really, you know, it wasn't like I grew up in kitchens and I wasn't, you know, grinding from the time I was 15. Like, I'd always worked in food and in restaurants and all over the place. And, you know, first job out of college was, uh, you know, as a dishwasher. But I'd never had, like, the tra traditional path. And um, it wasn't until, like, the end of college where I, you know, was going to school for journalism 
that I really like started to, to become interested in, you know, potentially switching over and, and cooking for a living and as a career and, and kind of more exploring it more and learning more. And um, that kind of started just because of the strength of food media at the time, honestly. You know, you had like your mind of a chef's, you had your Bourdain was still, you know, alive, rest in peace and uh, um, doing his thing. And there are so many like great, great shows. I remember I would sometimes like sit on like the edge of my bed and just watch Mind of a Chef and like tear up because I was like so stoked to watch it. And I was like, yeah, I shouldn't be doing this journalism thing. I should probably get in the kitchen. But, you know, I always had that wall coming from my, my parents are like, yeah, you know, like, you know, use your degree, this and that. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to use my degree. And I kind of tried doing that for a while. And I tried uh, maybe mixing the passion of food with something in food media. And, um, and I kind of tried going down that for a while. And um, basically, um, I feel like I'm just going off on a tangent No, it's here. good. It's good. Because <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm picking up little nuggets that I want to pull on in okay, a Okay, yeah, just, so just please jump yeah, yeah, in yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm blabbering. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it really started like at the end of college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I went on a couple of trips with friends and I, and I came back. And um, one of my friends at the time was uh, opening a food truck in Los Angeles, Whole Sam is uh, Sammy Udell. Shout out, Sammy. <laughs> um, she was like, you know, I really want you to come out and, uh, you know, help me launch my food truck, yada, yada. Like, I know you love food. Like, come, like, check it out. And I was like, ah, no, no. And at the time, my girlfriend and I had just started dating, and there was just no way I was going to, like, pick up my life. And, like, I just didn't want to. You know, I didn't have those L.A. dreams that you hear about so much. But, but I did end up going for a little bit, you know, with the intention of coming back. So a buddy of mine picked up, and we drove across country from Chicago to L.A., and we posted up and worked on this food truck for like two months. Okay. And um, and you were doing prep, driving, dude, like dude. everything. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like the stuff that we ended up having to, because it was, it was her first venture into the food truck space. So she was, you know, wiping out, learning, wiping out, getting up, learning, continuing pushing. And we were right there with her doing the same things, filling in the voids, filling in the gaps um, from the culinary side, from the the truck maintenance and the commissary side to all of the, to the event, trying to figure out like, you know, who to talk to, to get into which events, this and that. Um, she had a, a cool connection with like Ludacris's wife. So, and at the time was also private chefing sort of on the side and doing both. And, um, eventually, you know, the food truck, she decided to step away from it and focus full time on that. But, you know, it was wild when we, when we were there. Um, you know, got my Victoria Knox and uh, chopped a started off shitload of yeah. potatoes. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the first day, the first day we were on the truck, my friend and I uh, were, were blanching a ton of potatoes. Huge, I don't even know how big pot of water, two-man pot of water sure. to move. And we were moving it on the truck and we spilled some over and some like boiling water spilled inside of both of my shoes. Uh, and I had, I swear to God, dude, blisters like an inch thick off the inside of my feet the oh first day. God. And yeah, it was brutal. And we went to Walgreens, I taped my feet up and just worked for like the first two weeks with like these horrible wounds on my feet. So it was so, like, but like, what's that self-talk then when you're like, okay, I, I still, this is the life you hear about how hard it is. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, I need to put in my time. Like I'm like late to the game, dude. I'm like, I'm like, you know, 22. Like a lot of these, like, you know, guys have been doing this since they were like 16. I'm like, this is, I have to suck it up. And I did. <laughs> I wanted to go back to that moment that you talked about with mind of a chef too, because there's a lot of people who are at their accounting job or they are an author or they're in finance or whatever. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they look at food being portrayed in media and you're like oh this is really cool maybe this could be something that i could like there's so much romance to it right dude so is is that expectation what you're trying to ultimately go for? like you're trying to reach that point have you reached that point already or 
what about it drew you to it? And because I, what I don't want, and what I'm hoping to, as, as like a semi-leading question, is does it live up to the hype? Did you find something else that kind of like you found fulfillment in in food that may or may not have matched with what you saw on TV? Well, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think my experience was just from the jump, just a lot different than your average, I, I want to say line cooks. because. I because um and that kind of gave me a complex for a while that you know still even to this day like sort of wrestle with sometimes i'm like you know like why why am i the one on camera showing these people how to do this when there are so many other like super talented guys my age like sous chefs at this point i'm almost you know i'm 27 like mm -hmm. people my age like in restaurants like are crushing like there are some chefs like cdc's and stuff who are like so um but you know, I take that and, and I realize that everybody does have their own path. And you know what? Maybe this path isn't like a path of weakness, but uniqueness, sort of. That's right. And well, that sounded that rhymed. No, that was pretty I, tight. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to clip that. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. But, but uh, so I just decided to kind of like, I don't know if capitalize is the right word, but sort of take it and run with it and just kind of own it. Like, hey, dude, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm some like crazy master chef, dude. I haven't been doing this for years and years and years, but I haven't, at this point, I kind of have been doing this for a few years. years. Yeah. And, um, and I have, I know for a fact that I've come a long way from where I started and I'm confident enough to, uh, to be doing what I do. And, you know, it's literally how I make my living in more ways than one from the media side. And I'm a, working as a private chef currently. So, um, yeah, did that. I hope that did that answer. No, it super did. And mm -hmm. I, I wrote it as a follow up cause I know that there's this kind of thing in you where, you know, again, call it a complex as well. We'll use your words. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like you've done the staging thing? You've done dinners. You've run your own operation, basically. Like a lot of people don't acknowledge that being a content creator is a business. It is getting more yeah. accepted now, but like, yeah. is there something that you feel like you're still missing or that would fill that, I'll call it an inadequacy in yourself where you're like, oh, well, I, I, if I could do that, I would feel like, and for people listening, it might not be required. It might right. just be something that we're just like, we think, because that's what we grew up looking at as like, this is what success is in food. I just think it's really interesting. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be like, like super stoked about what I do. Like sure. if that sounds, that sure. sounds kind of no, bad, it's, but it's kind of true because yep. um, I don't know, man, like there's always room for improvement and this is, sounds like some corny thing. Like you hear like, oh, he's a humble guy, like, but it's true though, like from the culinary side to like there's always stuff that you could be learning about editing and cameras and I'm learning I'm still trying to learn everything about that and that doesn't even touch the food side and you know like I said I've come a long way and I can hang but at the same time there's so much I don't know totally and there's so much like I can get better at and I think it's going to be just a process all the way through and I like what you said. One time you, you said, um, you were like, yeah, you're kind of like learning out loud. or is, Learning yeah, in public. Learning in public, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And I said that. I wrote up a post about that the other day, and I was just like, like uh, thinking about it more. And yeah. I think that's what I'm doing, and that's what I, I think is cool because like, it's going to show people that you, know, you can go out there and like follow your interests, and you could turn it into something. If, if you could turn any interest into like basically a career in sort of like multimedia if sure. you want um, and you know, of course there are other X factors and it, you're, it's not necessarily mean you're going to be successful just cause you do it. But, um, I just think it's this like cool new world that our generation is sort of definitely the first generation to take real advantage of. Yep. And, um, it's cool to be sort of on that cutting edge and even dude, like again, 27, like not like an old fart, but yep. also like there are kids who are like 16, 17 
15 on like TikTok with like millions of followers. They're exploiting it in, in, the, in like the most savvy way. Very savvy. Awesome. And I give like, them mad props. Totally. But I can only imagine I'm like, yo, if I feel this sort of complex, like mm. and I feel like I haven't really been around the block, like these kids haven't done anything. Yep. And they're yep. out there like, you know, pushing it. And I'm like, dude, keep going, keep doing mm -hmm. it to you. But you know, people, everybody's got to figure it out for themselves. There's so. another uh, one-liner that I, in line with that, I, I shared it with the newsletter the other the other week, where it's like, and this is not my words, this is a Shane Parrish-ism, which is uh, being pleased, not satisfied. Like, that's the sweet spot where you want to be. Because if you end up satisfied, you start mm -hmm. to, like, rest on your laurels, you're not making progress anymore, like you start to, like, whatever. But if you're not pleased, you constantly have this, like, right. I'm not good enough, like, this sucks, like, whatever, whatever, whatever. So you want to hit that place of being pleased but not satisfied. And that's what he was just, like, writing about. Of I love that. I've never heard zone. that before. Yeah, I, I found a lot of value in it. Because it's, like... It can really, you can really develop a complex if you're on either the other side right. of either of those. Very unhealthy. Yeah, it really sucks. You have to be like, like just unhealthy enough. Totally. <laughs> the question I had was, what's been the best unexpected outcome from a decision that you've made in this kind of unconventional path where you were maybe at a crossroads, you made oh, a choice, dude. and you're so glad that you did it? Dude, becoming a private chef straight up. Like, basically what happened was when I left this... Uh, this, this food truck gig, I came home and I was like, what am I going to do now? You know, I had just graduated. I went on like a birthright trip to Israel with some friends. I traveled around, um, doing some things, you know, I, I went to LA and lived there and had some crazy experiences, uh, worked on this food truck. Now what, like, what am I going to do? So I got to, I got to get a job. Right. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I did the food truck thing. It's hardcore, but I kind of want to try using my degree. You know, maybe it was a little bit of like some, my parents never pressured me and they're always super supportive, but I think I pressured myself like, oh, I got to use my degree. Like I got, you know, I had a couple internships throughout college at like public relations firms. Like I love to work like within food media again. So I was working for this. I got a job as an intern at this, uh, this like plant-based, uh, like Chicago food startup called at the time it was called here. Okay. H E R E, really dumb name, but <laughs> but they were cool people, yeah. and um, they took me sort of under their wing, and, and the business is still around. They had rebranded since, but and um, I was doing a lot of their digital marketing stuff, and I think that's around the time when we met. Yep. Maybe it was right after. Maybe it, it was, was right before. Just right after that, because this is the first time I'm hearing about that right. Startup. Okay, so it was mm -hmm. right after yep. I bet. Right just when I started after. cooking, because mm -hmm. so what happened? Mm -hmm. So I'm this this kid, right, working at this company, and, um, you know, a couple months go by, they take me to Florida, I go to some conventions, and I'm kind of, it's kind of fun, right, I'm not getting paid much, but it's a cool experience, and they said that they're, you know, going to be looking for a position for an entry level, this and that, so a couple months pass, and it turns out that they say, hey, we're going to need to hire somebody a little more senior before we can hire somebody entry level like you, just from a business stance, and I said, I totally understand, they're like, um, yeah, like, we'd love to have you still stick around, and we'd love to hire you as soon as we can, we just can't, so... Um, you know, at that point I, I was working, probably working just over minimum wage. And I was like, you know what? I think I might need to move on here. Like I'm living at home with my dad, like driving 45 minutes to this really cool part of the city, like from like the Western suburbs, just like a trek with traffic too. So, um, you know, I decided I'm going to start looking around elsewhere. And literally within that week, my friend, Sammy, the one who owned the food truck that I was with says, calls me from Malibu. She says, Hey, I'm with one of my clients right now cooking in Malibu. She's looking for a new private chef. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, do you want to do it? And I was like, no. Maybe. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't think so. But this and that. Um, I think I kind of jumbled the story. A week passed. In that, within that week from the initial call, she like, I, I basically got the news that I wasn't going to be hired. So I call her back and I said, you know what? Screw it. 
like, yeah, I'm interested. Like, what do we do? And she's like, can I FaceTime you? I'm literally, I'm literally playing like, I don't know what game, but I'm like mic'd up with my friends, like probably like a little stone. Yeah. And like my dad's like watching football. I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah. So I like, I'm like throw my controller and stuff and I like run outside and it's like fall. So it's kind of cold and sure. it's windy. I like put my hoodie on and it's like scrunched up. I look like Kenny from South Park. And I'm like FaceTiming this person. She, she's with my friend Sammy. They answer the phone. First thing she says to me, whoa. And I'm like, what? And she's like, I didn't know you'd be so young. And I was like, I, yeah, I don't know what to say to that. So I'm like, yeah. Anyways, we ended up talking. She ended up liking me. Sammy probably definitely vouched for me. And I, you know, a week passes by. I go to her house. I cook dinner for her and her husband. They like it. Um, I get hired. Do you, you remember what you made? wish <laughs> i think it was some sort of chicken dish my yeah. uh my current clients they they like to eat say classic americano not yep. too adventurous totally. let's say it let's keep it like that yep, so yep. um it was probably some sort of like blanched broccolini some mm-hmm. sort of chicken with like a fresh sauce and maybe some like seasoned like some starch like sure. couscous or something right, i don't right, know right. something like that mm-hmm. it was nothing big but that's exactly what they wanted mm-hmm. they wanted somebody who can just create like simple easy healthy meals nothing too adventurous sometimes maybe mm-hmm. but um in but you know so i did that they liked the food i was kind of going i guess you can call it a la carte every like couple of weeks or i'm sorry within the two weeks maybe three four times and i told her i was like hey you know, I'm looking for something a little more permanent. If uh, if you'd like to like hire me, like we can talk, but I'm gonna have to move elsewhere, look elsewhere. If not, and pretty much like the next day, she sent me a contract. Whoa! And all of a sudden, she's like, "Hey, we'll put you on salary for this amount of money." I had never making that made that much amount of money in my life. Yeah. So I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah. Yes. And um, kind of overnight, I became a private chef, and uh, I realized okay, this is a weird thing to just like kind of go from this like zero guy who's worked in restaurants his whole life but never in the back of the house on a food truck to being considering him like a private chef. Mm-hmm. So that's when the comp- when I got a real fire lit under my ass and I just dove into the books. I dove into the media, the videos. Yep. I think I reached out to you. That's when we started right. doing coaching. Yep. Yep. And um, every day since then, mm-hmm. it's just been cooking all day. <laughs> so, so when you initially had those thoughts what were you, what gaps and what were you trying to fill gap wise? You were like, I need more creative dish ideas. I need to know how to pull dishes together. I need to know like the super basics. Like dude, everything, everything. but starting with the basics, I'm talking, so I actually found shout out chef Jacob Burton. If you don't know who this is, don't know. he's a YouTube guy. He's a, he's a professional chef calling that sure. He works in a restaurant and he's like, kind of like, uh, he does this online culinary school program. Mm-hmm. I immediately bought it, printed it. I watched all the videos. I watched like I, I practiced everything from like basic hollandaise to like French omelets to like all the basic sort of like Western Eurocentric, you know, American culinary school type stuff. I really wanted to like do that because I'm like, you know, this complex, like where does it start? I didn't go to culinary school. Let's learn some culinary school stuff. And then I quickly realized, you know, it's more to cooking is more than just culinary school stuff and started branching out. And then I'm very sort of like, I was structured with it sort of kind of like trying to do, okay, let's get good at sauces. Let's talk about like proteins and like fast versus slow cooking methods and like how we can like, how, you know, what the difference is and like why it works. And this is all sort of laid out in this curriculum. And then from there I would read other cookbooks and it was a lot of messing up, um, a lot of really bad stuff at first. Um, and, um, you know, I still, that still happens to me today sometimes. Yep. Like sometimes you try something new and you're like, this sucks, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but um, that's kind of the fun, the fun of it. I think that there's, I don't know. I, I I know I continue to give you props, but do you ever read a Four Hour Chef? 
Uh, is that Tim Ferriss? Tim Ferriss, yeah. I, I've heard of it, I never read it. So that was like one of my first, um, I'll call it, I won't call it anti-culinary school, but I'll call it just kind of like bucking the tradition from the sense of the first recipe he does in that book is, I'm almost positive on this, seared scallops with like a mango apple salsa something something. Because he was like, well, most culinary schools start you with stock making, maybe some butchery Mm -hmm. and like some knife cuts. But if you make this, you get heat control, you learn how to season a salad, you learn how to do some knife cuts basically. And those are actually like, you can do a lot more with those three foundational pieces to like practically make dinner for you and your partner, you know what I mean? Or host a dinner party. Then like you end up being the person that comes out of a program where it's like, all I learned how to do is make hollandaise and and stock. And it's like, I can't do a dinner with this information. I can't serve just consomme. Exactly. (laughs) So like it flipped it on its head for me of like, oh, maybe the, the basics can be taught in a different way or like you can move things around you know mm-hmm. if you think of all these little individual like nodes mm-hmm. of knowledge and you can like make your foundation a little bit more practical from the jump because then you're more likely to stick with it because it's like oh cool i can make i have two recipes i can make with dinner now you know what i mean and then you, you get more excited about it sure. versus like trying to get buy-in on people of like you need to start with stock it's like right. why do we have to start with stock you know like yeah. it's a foundation for a lot of stuff for sure but it's like it's not the only place you can start Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I just thought that was really, really interesting. That's true. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like, yeah, yeah, it's just there's that's there's a conventional way of doing things, and I mean, these days with the internet, like, there's no reason that you need to start anywhere. It's just how it's done. Mm-hmm. So you know, all roads lead to, yeah, it's some yeah some, something there. like that. You'll get yeah, there. yeah, totally. I I have this question that I that I think always leads to some cool stories, and I call it like the graduation moment question. I had it when I you know, did my first, like, I can remember the first time I did my first, like, 100-person banquet party. Wow. And I was like, whoa, that was kind of cool. Like, I did that. Mm-hmm. I had a moment where um, I had a confusion moment with a client where I thought it was going to be a coursed-out menu. It was going to be five-course coursed-out menu. And they're like, oh, no, we want it family-style. So I needed to do, like, the whole tasting menu at the same time. Whoa. That was, like, a graduation moment for me. <laughs> and it was like, there's... There, do like, you, last do you, minute? Like... Well, yeah, no, yeah, it was like... The day before the thing, and it was like, we want this menu, but we want it family style. And I had planned on, like, doing individual components where I could course it Uh, out. They're like, no, we want everything at the same time. Brutal. Anyways, (laughs) is those moments I think are so interesting because it's like, you often don't see them coming, or you often don't, like, sign up for them, but they sometimes, like, present themselves to you, and you're like, you sometimes will rise to the occasion. Do you have any of those, like, moments that you think of, whether it's in private chefing or content creation or just, like... I call it a graduation moment. You can call it whatever else you want. Man, that's a good question. Um, I guess a big thing for me was just working, like starting this new position. I had always cooked for friends, for family, where it didn't really matter if you messed up a little bit, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can kind of save it and you can kind of spunk it up and this and that. Um, But with when I first started this, I remember I, I probably got the job in like October of 18, right? So mm-hmm. a little while back. And um, when I first when I first had to do a dinner for like 20 people, I would say it was kind of my thing where it was like, like this big family style thing. I didn't hire any help. It was just like, 
you know, and looking back, like 20 people, like, that's a lot of people, but like, you know, it wasn't, but that was the first time I had done anything like that, yeah. really. And it was like these, these people, I'm like in the other room cooking, I'm making things look nice and I'm putting it out there and people are eating my food. I'm hearing the dishes clink in the other room. I'm hoping nobody's like, oh, you know, like I'm hoping there's no allergies. I'm just like, what's going, like, you know what I mean? Like, sure nervously wiping the counter down like kind of like in the other room like by myself um like wishing I had like some wine or something but um I think yeah I think I think it was a it was a big Jewish holiday it's a Jewish family so yeah. I think it was like Passover or right. something and there were some dishes that you know they were like yeah I made the brisket myself I made all this stuff myself and then they were like gave me a couple different sheets of like you know family recipes I'm like I hope I hit it on the head mm -hmm. like I know it's just a, the following a dumb recipe that I you know I know I made better than like their grammar or something you know but like still and um because you actually that's false you can never make it better than grammar. yeah i'm an idiot it's hard to compete. that was really yeah that's <laughs> yeah, not true okay she's yeah so they, it was rolling better. over in her grave for you yeah grandma. but um you know so i think i think just the increase in volume was just something i had never done before and i felt a real sense of accomplishment and it sort of opened the gateway like yo i can i can do this like i can do more yep you know i can do and, and i had i did like kind of slowly but steadily like you know i went from that 20 person dinner to um i did like 45 like a like a lunch for like a brunch for like 45 and then the weekend before a friend and I like we went in to a to a lake house and we did a bachelor party for like 15 like six foot dudes like you know three meals a day for like four days like out of this tiny kitchen and and then like but it's just you make it work and I think like that was a big moment in my career where I realized like you just even the highest level chefs just have to make it work sometimes and uh and that's something that like you know, was un unmasked that, that day. So it's, and that, that potentially, I mean, that was a great point of tying up what I'm trying to, I won't call it summarize, but I'm trying to call it like convince someone maybe that's, that might be listening. Who's just like, I have these unconventional things that are being presented to me. And I feel like a lot of people might potentially say no to those things. Cause it's like, Oh, I can't do that yet. I have to do this first. Mm-hmm. And I think you're a perfect example of like, you're going to end up learning the thing. And I think about it with the course that I'm trying to launch, right? Where it's like, present some unconventional, the same information, but present it in a way that where it's like, it's not necessarily like you don't have to pay your dues. You don't have to do the work because you still have to do the work, but it's like, why, why withhold information from hungry people who would be excited to learn it and just like would take it and run with it? And they're going to get to that place regardless. Mm -hmm. um, One way or another. Exactly. Exactly. Or you won't and you'll decide it's not for you. And that's fine because... 100% knock it off the list. I always Learn say it fast. Yeah. Yep. The better the faster the better. Mm -hmm. uh, which, which, which way do I go? Okay. So if you had to go backwards, because you've kind of touched on this already, like these young people who are interested in getting into food and mm -hmm. they're seeing that you can explore it from these new platforms and new angles and network in ways that they've never seen before and the slew of inspiration is like endless. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in the shoes of someone who is where you were when you kind of made it, had to make some of these decisions, when you wanted to get into food. What would you do differently if you were like 2021? Uh, right away, I would... I will probably, it's hard to answer something like this because I really, this is going to sound again generic and stupid, but I really don't have many regrets because I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm, I again know I have so much to do and there's like, you know, I'm by far like, there's a lot to learn. Yeah. There's a lot of more messing up to do, but I would um, probably just put myself deep in the shit. Like I would go to like the dopest restaurant in town and I would start as a prep cook 
and I would just like work my way up. Like I honestly kind of did that when I like after I graduated. I wanted I was you know a dishwasher. They didn't have any back of the house roles, and I was trying to get like a, a prep cook. But then like sometimes when it would be slow, I would work as a prep cook, and I would like shuck corn. I would like cut corn. I would like cut, you know basic dumb mm-hmm. prep stuff. Not dumb. It had to be done. Yeah, you know what I mean? Totally like, redundant. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And um, and I got back there and. Uh, and, and did that, but you know, the thing is, is that I wasn't staying in my college town. I had plans to move back, so it was almost kind of like I did it. I did it to cross off the dishwasher mm-hmm. grind on my life journey, and I think that that's kind of a good mentality to have. It's not, not like just get it done and forget about it, but you just got to get back there and like, dude, take a job as a dishwasher. Like, dude, you're not too good. Like, I guarantee you're not too good. <laughs> like, right. Get back there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I would like to have probably had a little more industry experience just because like I think that uh, flexing the sort of like sense of urgency that comes with that is a great thing that I didn't realize was so important. Like even in my private chef job, right? Sometimes I have the luxury of cooking dinner for three people, taking my time, Mm -hmm. putting it out sort of almost, almost on my, like in my schedule, like when it's done, they're happy to eat, you know? Uh, which is amazing. But then like, you know, there are also events where people are ready and you need to be like, things need to be plated and out the door by like X, you know? And I think that that sense of urgency, if you know how to like react to that and, and, and work with it and be good at that, then you're going to be able to cook in a chill environment too, very easily. So do you have a favorite stage that you've done? Well, I've done one stage, the Elska one, the Elska stage. And, um, and it was, it was, it was cool. I learned a lot and I, I was planning and I still do plan on doing more. Um, but I actually, unfortunately COVID cut that off cause I had plans and I was talking to a couple of chefs and of course COVID hit and my clients would have been, it was just not a good thing. And, um, you know, now that we're kind of recovering and my, uh, my social media presence has sort of, uh, started on this upward trend, I'm sort of focusing on that, but I still know that I have, uh, you know, I got to put time in for like furthered education. And I do like, I'm reading all the time, obviously I'm practicing all the time, but there's something different than staging, you know, staging is the whole, the next thing. Um, learned a lot at Elska. Let's just say it was that a uh, four days of intense, fast learning. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm really glad you did that. Like yeah. I, I know you were like <laughs> chomping to do it yeah. and like get the exposure and like, <laughs> I'm really glad that you did that. It was fun. Let's, let's just say I still might have fava beans under my fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I got my French laundry job. Yeah? Shucking raw fava beans. Dude. Until my thumbnail bled. Bled. It yeah, bleeds. nice. Me too. How about yep. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to say? Like, <laughs> they nothing. tell you to do it, and yeah. they're like, hey, don't stop shucking until the box is Well, gone. I told you that funny story. I mean, you definitely, like when I was like, he was like, do you want to go upstairs? Yes. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> I get called, well, I'm upstairs at Elsco, and... The night's winding down. It's my last day of the stage. I don't know anything about stage culture. And, you know, we had talked about this. It's different in every city. Right. In Chicago, there's a very, I guess you can call it a healthy stage culture. People are always staging. Restaurants are very welcoming. And a thing you do at the end of your stage is they, you, you go up and you eat, right? You change. You sit at the bar. They get you drunk. They fill you up with food, whatever you want, as much as you want. And then, you know, that's like the last two of your stage. I didn't know that. So... <laughs> I'm sitting at the Garbanje station, hands uh, sort of like behind my back, you know, like just trying, you know, waiting for the next order with my like team, my guys who were there too. And um, chef comes up to me and he's like, and he's like, why don't you go downstairs and pack up? Come back upstairs when we're done. And I'm like, yeah, chef. And I go downstairs and as I'm walking down the stairs, I'm like, 
what did I fucking do? You're like, I'm getting sent home. No, I'm like, why am I getting sent home the last, at the, at the 11th hour of the last day of my, like, stage? Like, I know I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I had been yelled at a couple of times. I did stuff wrong. But I had cleaned up my, you know, I've been doing good ever since a couple of scoldings. And um, I come back up, and I, he's like, go stand by the host. And I'm like, okay. So I'm standing by the host, and I tell him, she's like, hey, like, well, it's like this, I don't know, some like girl, like young girl. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, chef told me to stand over here. I think I'm like in trouble. And then she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to like stand with you. I don't know what's going on. And she's like, you're not eating. And I'm like, no, I'm not. What? No. And she's like, no, no, you're not eating. And I'm like, no, like chef just told me to stand over here. And she's like, hold on. So she goes, talks to David and she looks at me and she's like, you're eating. And I'm like, what, what are you saying? And she's like, go sit at the bar. You guys, you can order food and drinks and whatever else. And, and then like my stomach sort of like, you know, my white knuckles turned back to normal. And, um, and I sat at the bar and I talked to the bartender and I ordered like six plates of things and they sent out random stuff. And it was just like such an amazing end to such like this crazy few days of like hectic, like learning that, uh, it was just like, it was, a very, I'm, it was very like romantic. I was kind of, was kind of sitting there like side, I, you know, drink a couple of cocktails and not too many cause I had to drive home. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, I talked and I met some cool people and I still talked to some of them. Even to this day, and it was only for three days that are, or I'm sorry, like five days that I was there. So, so many nights there. Like, yeah, staging can be this incredible thing for you if you're willing to, like you said, continue the networking after the fact. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to, like, put in the because it is a very emotional thing when you get to eat the food that you've been like prepping. For yeah. years. And for me, when I was staging early on, it put it so into perspective of like, fuck, I'm at the bottom of the mountain. Because I'd look at the dishes that... Because I thought I was, like, quote-unquote busy. I was like, I did a lot of prep stuff today. Mm -hmm. And then I would sit at a meal and I would eat it. And I'd be like, there's, like, three things I can point to in what I just ate <laughs> that I did. And there's, like... This was back in, like, early molecular... French laundry days. days? Yeah, well, it was, like, each dish had, like, seven or eight components right. on it. And you just realize how, like, oh, my God. It's, like, a true brigade. It's, like, yeah. a real team effort. This is, like... And it really put it all into... And you get to, like, do it from the guest side. Because it's like, back house can suck sometimes, you know? Right. And to get to experience it from the guest side was really special. And they treat you like you're a guest. Totally. Like, they walked up to me. And it was, like, these guys who I had just been chilling with the past week. And we'd been, like, bullshitting. And, like, you know, like, I was getting to know them better. And, like, eating staff meal before service with them. And they come up to me. And they, they're talking to me like I'm, like some sort of like royalty they show me the dish and they like explain the dish even though i know what it is and they're like enjoy yeah and they walk away and i'm like dude chill like what do you do like i wanted to like drink with them and stuff but they're like working and i'm like this is just so wild i feel like it's yeah it was cool it just i, I feel like it's a and you you touched on it in your reaction to getting the opportunity to eat where you're like oh i can't possibly and it's like no you should like this becomes a full experience when you actually do that and that's what I think is really interesting and like hopefully a takeaway for someone eating or eating someone listening who is gets that opportunity and it's like, it's not bad. Like it's not seen as bad. I I, I don't see it. If you say that you're hot shit and you're going to get drunk at the bar. Wait, I'm sorry. I, what, what's not bad? What's not bad? Eating after a stop, Oh no, I know. And like, it might, you do feel a little weird and you guilty. You feel super weird. Because you're sitting there and people are still cleaning up and working a little bit and you're yep. sitting there like eating and they're you serving left your you. shift early basically. Right, right. It's so, it it's feels so, weird. Yep. Yeah. Um, whether it's during the stage and the chef gives you that opportunity, or mm -hmm. if it's the next weekend and you want to come have a meal, right. absolutely do it. I mm -hmm. just think it like completely caps the experience. I had a stage in Scandinavia and I didn't eat, mm -hmm. 
It was one of like my biggest regrets. That's a thing, right? Uh, like, did they feed you after your study? Is that like no? Because this was like this was five days, so I worked all five days. There was mm-hmm. not realistically an opportunity in that week for mm-hmm. me to go eat, and I had a couple of extra days in Copenhagen, and I didn't eat, and I regret it. I ended up coming back and getting the opportunity to eat. Nice. This was months later. The team was a little bit different, mm-hmm. so I didn't have that same connection. Yeah. Um, but if you're listening and you're about to go on a stage, I think Adam and I both agree you should definitely find 100%. a way to eat. It, it, it puts, it's a cap. Yeah. Yeah. Can you share some big picture goals for Omnivorous Adam, for you, yourself? Like, where do you see this going? It, because, like, you have so many avenues you could go down. Yeah. And don't don't feel like you have to share anything if you're trying to keep things under no, wraps. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. I'm an open book about yeah, most of this yeah. stuff. Uh, you know, dude, to be honest, like, I'm still trying to figure that out. Because I haven't fully pushed off. I'm still working as a private chef. That's right. how I pay my bills. Right. I also do make, you know, some money on the side from brand deals and, you know, video views and that type of thing. Um, and not enough to push off yet, but it will be there at some point soon. Um, but big picture, I mean, I kind of want to do it all, man. Like, but my real goal is to sort of have my own show. Not on Netflix. Not on the Food Network. None of that. I, I want like my own internet show where I can completely control everything and I want to just explore food. It, it's going to be teaching to cook. It's going to be talking to pe- cool people in the food world, food people like, you know, um, purveyors, chefs, not just like cooks and stuff, but other people in that world. And, and, um, just this exploratory, like fun, lighthearted, like thing that I'm going to create. And, you know, all the while, you know, treat it like a business too. Like I got to pay my bills too. So I would like to come out with eventually like cool merchandise, you know, but nothing, nothing like tacky stuff that I'd want to wear. Um, and you know, eventually down the line, once I can think about a true reason and have a little bit more of a narrative to share, like eventually like write a book, but that's, that's, I need, I have a lot more living to do before I can like sit down and like have that internal, like, Oh, I can write a book. So many people just like write books and it's like, what are you doing? dude? Like, you know, like, uh, yeah, and so I have a lot more to learn and to do before any of that, but I would eventually like to. It's kind of like a life goal of mine for big picture, for talking you big picture. You get to picture. say you use your journalism degree. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, man. I guess so in like 50 years, whatever that is. But, um, dude, just like pursuing this weird new world of media that that many of us are trying to figure out. I wish I had a bit clearer answer for you. No, kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah, I mean... You know, this isn't going to be the first time you're on the show, so it's like, give this time time, and then we'll talk again. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk again (laughs) in two years, and we'll see the course adjustment. I mean, like, when I started content, I didn't think that I was going to be doing what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, and even what I have planned for the next 12 months is, like, completely different from where I started, you know? And so it's like... Is that under wraps? uh, The course. Mostly the course. Okay. And that's, that's like, it's a culmination of, like finally figuring out what the audience wants and mm-hmm. asking for and like the highest impact i'm taking that things. course i know i know yeah <laughs> I, okay. I, I should have had you be part of the beta is what i really should have had you do um there are a lot of people listening who are getting either private chef opportunities or they're actually like proper private chefs mm-hmm. like you know what, what you're talking about and i really find that the tips and tricks from other private chefs who have figured things out just brings a lot of value and so can you speak to, and you can give your own tips and tricks if you want. The question that I had was when you're either finding new clients or getting pitched on projects from current clients, how do you approach those conversations? 
Well, there's a couple of... It depends because, like, this private chef world is so weird. When you talk to somebody who cooks in restaurants, like, you know, it's like you're a cook, you work for this company, this restaurant group, the chef, whatever. Everybody's getting paid a set, like, um, you know, at least hourly. And you go in, you do your work, and you get out. You're like a pirate, right? You're a mercenary. With, like, a private chef, like, it could go either way. You could be on contract with one family, like myself. You could be a private chef who has many clients and works for, like, I have friends who do that. So it really does depend... Like some, like for example, my setup, the way that I do things, like I sort of have an agreement under my contract of like what is expected of me on the regular and anything outside of that is sort of additional extracurricular. But the whole thing about being a private chef, dude, is you're, is having a great relationship with your clients, clients or clients. And like, I think it's, it's all about communication and you guys liking it, and you and the client liking one another, because Huge. that's, I mean, dude, look at me. I was not, I was not a good cook when I got hired. Like I was, I was okay. There are, there are probably so many like other people who were like home cooks who were like better than me at the time that I got hired. Um, but I got the opportunity because I like hit it off with this woman. She liked me. She wanted to throw me a bone and give me a chance. And here we are. So, um, what I'm to answer your question, like say you have an event, just make sure everything's clear. Like say, Hey, you know, I'm cooking for 45 people. I don't usually do this. Like, I just want, you know, think about all the questions that you need to ask to avoid any shitty like happenings. Right. You don't want anything to be awkward. Everything needs to be on the table. Totally. So, cause that becomes a bad deposit into your relationship. Right. If you need help, if that's not right, if you need help, and ask you need, for it, ask for it, say, Hey, I'm going to need to pay my help. Like, you know, how much money can we allocate towards that, if any? And, you know, if you, you really need to, like, think about it. In these questions, you learn which ones to ask over time as you do it. So you're going to forget some stuff, and you might have a little bit of awkwardness here and there, but that's just part of it, and you take notes, man. Like, Well, notice even how you, like, segmented those three avatars, right? You said, mm-hmm. like, the private chef who has the one consistent client that they, they yeah. work with, mm-hmm. the the kind of, like, the private chef gigs that I've done in Seattle mm-hmm. have been like that very like, hey, we have a single dinner we need to do sure. and it's in our home and we need, we want to do like something nice. Right. So it's like, we want to do that. And then you talk, talked about the line cook yeah. and it's like the rules that apply to one don't necessarily cross to the others. Definitely not. So yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's this whole, yeah, it's categorically speaking about, you know, and I could speak for where I'm at and I can also speak for people who are private chefs who have many clients because I have like a lot of friends who do that and yeah. I kind of know how it works and we exchange stories. But, um, yeah, dude, it's all so weird and different and there's no one way of doing things and you just got to get out there and do it, man. Like if you, if you really are interested in it, I got rapid fire questions for you. Oh shit. All right. Um, okay. This one, this one always gives me some interesting points. What's one thing that you've changed your mind on in recent memory? Um, I've realized that allocating somebody, I'm sorry, delegating a video editor is probably something I'm going to want to do in the future. And you don't have one currently. I, I'm working with a guy sort of kind of, we're kind of onboarding right now and I'm not really sure how it's going to work out, but like, I, I like editing. I have a certain style that I, I don't always like editing, right? But yeah, I just, I'm kind of controlling about it sort of because I have a certain like, th- like look and feel and vibe yep. that I do. Yep. And it's, yeah, that's what I've changed my mind. I realize that to take the next step, I need to delegate. Do you feel similarities to cooking with editing? 
Yeah, kind of. I a thousand percent do. That's funny. I've, yeah, so sort of. Only, I mean, like, you, you're taking raw materials. And you're changing them. And when you're done, it's like, oh. Like, when, you're, when it all comes together, you're like, yes. But the coolest thing about it is that, like, it lives beyond what the lifespan of a dish is. And that's what really blew my mind when I first, well, like... not necessarily, dude, with photography and that's everything. That's true. It, it okay. can be fleeting. Yeah, you can't... Well, you, you can can't only, you're only experience it. it once for the first yeah. time. I get it. And taste it, yeah. Totally, totally. totally. Um, so what's... Uh, I mean, is it, like, initial cut and you go do and through and do the, the ending piece? We're like, trying to figure that out. Yeah, We're yeah. trying to figure that out. I mean, it's just a lot to get practical because, like, there's a lot of chefs who also are like, hey... I can make some really cool content, but I don't want to edit. So, like, what are you what are you outsourcing first? Like, right. if you don't mind getting practical. For I a think second. no, dude. I really do think that if you want to be in the food media space, it is in your best interest to at least learn the basics of media. Shoot yourself a couple of times. Yep. Not at you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shoot yourself. Clip that. <laughs> no, but um, shoot like shoot yourself doing stuff and like maybe get like a entry level like you know Rebel Ti some Canon for like six hundred bucks and like I know it's a lot of money. It's mm-hmm. save your shillings mm-hmm. and um. And, you know, like, learn about the basics of videography, take a simple class, look stuff, free videos up on YouTube, mm-hmm. and learn that, and do it for a little while, understand, like, the pain that comes from kind of, you know, the learning curve that comes from it, and make sure it's something that you really want to do, and then, when you're at that point where you realize, look, I've always been the cook, like, I always, for me, it's always been food first, like, I've always been more about the food and the cooking than the videography work, and it's only in the past, I would say, year that I've, like, tried to consciously take the video side of it more seriously and learn more about my camera and just videography is luckily for me. I think some of it comes naturally in terms of where to place the camera, what shots to get, but like the technical side that doesn't come naturally to anyone. You just got to learn and, and read. Well, cause it, I can only imagine helps your editor too. when you know how to evaluate Definitely. your performance. That is the worst thing in the world when you're working with someone who doesn't, who, who kind of thinks they know what they want, but they mm-hmm. don't actually, mm-hmm. and they can't speak the language. You can't talk about keyframes and right. crossfades and do this to like, the audio and like... And just like color, yeah, totally, all that stuff. So, totally, totally. So yeah, I would say, yeah. Is there an ingredient you're obsessed with right now? Levna. Yeah, Did we talk about this? I've, we might have talked yeah, about yeah. it. But like just like a simple strained yogurt, it's like so, I just like love it. You can season it up however you want. Like my girlfriend's really good at making this this dish that she does. Where it's so simple, but it's just like a seasoned labno with like this delicious, just like season, it's summer. So we got tomatoes. So it's like this tomato oil and tomatoes and fresh herbs. And it's like so easy and rustic, but it's so good. And you put that on crusty bread and it's like GG, dude. It's tight. You know? You can talk about it in the context of uh, writing, or you can talk about it in food, or you can talk about it in business, but is there a book that's been particularly impactful for you? Uh, definitely, dude. The uh, the curriculum that when I first started, uh, the Jacob Burton, uh, to, to plug him, like he, he we'll deserves it. it. I'll link it. I'll he really does it. deserve yeah, it. You yeah. got to check him out. He's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's based in uh, like Northern California or something, uh, but it's uh, the, the, sh- the F-step curriculum, and... Um, it's a great starting place. Put it put it that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there a technique that you're still intimidated by in the kitchen? Oh, man. Definitely. I'm trying to think of what, what it would be, though. Hmm. I mean, it truly never ends. But if there's yeah. something where you're like... Especially sort of like... Hmm. I guess like any sauce. <laughs> any sauce that can break on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, you know, like this is like... I need this to hold... Or, I don't know, something that can break on you, like, while you're holding it is yeah. just, like, it's always kind of, like, you take up the lid and you're like, <gasps> okay, cool. And you're like, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. like, do I need to, like, start over? Check on the baby. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Basically. This 
can sometimes flop as a question, but I think you might have a good answer. Is there something that doesn't end up on your Instagram, as in you don't share it widely, that you get really excited about, or you love it? Dude, I'm pretty open about like what I do with, like probably too open. <laughs> like to the point where I shove my camera in my girlfriend's face to take a picture of her like biting the food that I made for her and she, bless her soul, she doesn't like punch me in the face for doing it. But, um, God, I don't know, like stuff that, you know, I think what it really, I get wrapped up in like thinking, oh, people aren't going to care about this. Right. And, um, maybe that, that just be like a funny, stupid thing in my cat, a video of my cat, video games, anything not cooking related, I'd stop and I'm like, who gives about, who, who cares about this? Sort of, I guess would be the thing. But no, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty open book, man. Honestly. Favorite games right now? Well, I haven't... Uh, dude, I don't like game anymore. Don't my game. Favorite, favorite, favorite game is Final Cut Pro. Final dude. Cut Pro. Yeah, the timeline. Yeah, man. Beat the timeline. But I used to play a ton of World of Warcraft. Got it. Like a ton. Like, to, it, like to the point where information is seared in my head that I'll never forget. Ever. <laughs> I mean, maybe you get to a place where you can use it as like a little decompress. I could say like, I could say like niche jokes that only yeah. like wild players would know. Oh, no. <laughs> That's all, man. Yeah. You somehow get a call right after this interview that you just won an all-expenses-paid trip to eat at your dream restaurant, and when you get there, there's someone you've always wanted to talk to waiting to have dinner with you. What is that restaurant, and who is that person? Whoa. <laughs> um, I don't know where it would be. I'm just gonna call it. I'm gonna call it Leon because I think that's where he's from. Mm -hmm. But I would go to Leon, and I would. I would. I don't. I, I could be wrong, so fact check me. But I just like love Jacques Pepin yeah. so much. Mm -hmm. Like I just think like what he's done for like food media. Like it's also weird because I think of like chefs like through the lens of like also media too, and like like the cutting edge of that too. Like him and Julia and like the other shows he did throughout the '90s. But he's been living, I believe, in Connecticut for the past like 40 years. So, but I think he was originally from Lyon. He cooked for like the president of Paris and the probably, I'm sorry, the president of France probably in mm -hmm. Paris. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm going to call it, I'm going to, in my weird fantasy world, I'm going to say Lyon, France, Jean-Claude Jean Yeah. That's tight. In like the 60s <laughs> when he was like a young guy. Real flashback. Yeah. <laughs> Last question for you. And I do want to, you know, ask you if there's topics that you wanted to discuss that you didn't get a chance to talk to. And then we can talk about those after you answer. What do you think chefs can be doing better to help the next generation? I think a lot of that's kind of already happening right now because people are starting to like loosen the reins and like not be as asshole-ish. I know like in my city, like some of my friends who I talk about, like from Chicago, uh, for those who don't know, and um, like, you know, there was a big culture of this like abusive chef, like the classic, what you would imagine. It's in a lot of cities, but I guess Chicago's you told brutal. me. I told you. You told me this. Because I lived me. it. Yeah, I you lived, lived it at Grace. You know, in I mean? Grace, and there's like, of course, it started at Trotters, and I lived it at Alinea too. It lived at Alinea. It's the same. I have friends who worked at Alinea, and they tell me some crazy mm -hmm. stories, mm -hmm. and and they still know them like crystal clear, and it's been like two years, three years. Yep. And it's like it's real trauma. Yeah. You don't want to say it because you're like, I'm just making fucking venison broth. Right. On my stage, <laughs> but it's like real trauma. I think that a lot of that, and remember, like coming from this restaurant world, I only know so much because mm -hmm. like I've only spent so much time. But from what I know, I mean, and what I've seen and what I've heard, like these, like a lot of these, like sort of like machismo guys who, you know, get off on, you know, slapping their line cooks down or, you know, popping a finger here and there are getting like kind of slapped down. And I think that's a great thing. One of my favorite, a friend of mine, he's also an amazing chef, an amazing cook. He um, left uh, 
a fine dining restaurant because it closed from COVID, not for any other reason. And he opened up a sandwich joint in a really cool neighborhood in the city. Shout out big kids, Ryan Fiverr, he's the man. And um, he, dude, the way he's running his business is like so cool and, and, and different. Like everybody in the restaurant works every station and it's on rotation and the, all the tips are communal. They get health care and it's all this like, he's very, he's like a younger guy. He's like in his like mid thirties, mid late thirties. And um, he's just like, he's like the, the epitome of the example of like what chefs should be doing right to like support like a healthy community and healthy people, healthy people and food who are going to have better ideas because they're healthy. I think you and I are both also in this weird place where it's almost like if you put the information out there, this generation has such better access to it where it's like they'll they'll, they'll find a way to find it. Do you know what I mean? Savvy, like, yeah. They're yeah. a little more sad. They're a little more because it's like I find myself almost to a detriment when I don't know something. You just whip your phone up, look it up on the spot. Yep. And when I can't do it, I feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. crazy. Yeah. What a world. I know. Anything you wanted to chat through that we didn't get to talk about? I mean, it's obviously great to have you here. We're going to go to dinner after this. Yeah, dude. I mean, I don't, it's just, it's cool being here. I mean, we've been talking, I met you for the first time two days ago, but we've That's known right. each other for like two years, more than that, maybe yep. three years we decided or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time. So it's cool to, to meet all you guys. Yeah. And, um. That's really all I got to say, man. That's it. That's cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show, dude. Dude, thanks for having me. You're going to be on mine soon. Or whatever mine is. (laughs) Mine makes Chicago. 100%. What's up? Justin here again. Because, I mean, if you're still listening, you didn't not like this episode, right? And if that's the case, I'd like to think that you'd get value from the other work that I share here online. It's all focused on helping chefs and hospitality professionals perform better. If you don't have a lot of time, the best place to start is with the email newsletter that I write every single week called the 80-20 Edge. That's where I share knowledge on sharpening your skills, asymmetric upside, and exploring the industry beyond the status quo. And I say it saves time because I include all of the content that I published that week all in one place as kind of a weekly digest of sorts. Next up, you should check out my YouTube channel for gear reviews, clips from podcasts just like this one, and documented experiences from some of the best restaurants in the world. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about my intense cohort-based professional development focused course, get coaching from me to help you make your next move, or just support the show, you can check out justinconnor.com support. And if you do support this show already, that's greatly appreciated. Thank you. Finally, it really does help to share a review of this show on Apple Podcasts to help the podcast universe know that people like us like shows like this. And until the next episode, my name is Justin Kana, and I hope you have a good one.